Many years ago, uh, probably close to close to 40, uh, as a as a very young Christian, I went to visit a young man who I went to high school with, who I found out uh, had cancer, and I went to see him, and it was it was terminal. Um, there was nothing more they could do for him, and visited with him for a bit and chatted and. Um, what, what, I, what I noticed was that he was pretty much bedridden and from what I could gather basically sat in front of the TV uh, all day long and and I was you know young and zealous and I said, hey man you know you got you got to get into the word you know you got to open the Bible you gotta you gotta you know God can still do miracles and and uh, you know at least listen to the word on tape or something you know get do something for your spirit here uh, I, I, I've never heard of anyone getting a miracle uh, watching daytime TV, right? Uh, game shows and stuff. Ne never heard of that. But I have heard of people getting miracles encountering Jesus. Amen? So I, I was just trying to encourage him with all my heart. And uh, I, I was so sad um, that he basically shrugged it off. Uh, he had come to the point where he kind of felt, that there, there is no miracle for him and uh, uh, basically biding his time, you know, until the end. And uh, I, I, I was sad and, and I, I hate to say it too, there's probably some spiritual pride in there. You know, well, if that was me, I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd do the other thing. And I, I, I want to tell you, I still believe in what I told him. Um, you know, God is, God is our source. Amen. Um, but I've also been around the block a few times uh, in life myself, most recently with this kidney stone. Um, and, and, and I've learned some things along the way. Uh, like, you know, when you're in pain, it's hard to pray. Can, can, can I get a witness? When you're, when you're um, feeling miserable, it's hard to read anything, let alone open up your Bible, right? Um, it's hard to feel the loving presence of God when you're just feeling awful and quite frankly wondering where he is in this moment, that he's, you know, isn't he supposed to be riding in on the proverbial white horse and saving the day? You know, we, we, we pray and, and we, we say, God, you know, I need you here, and, and we don't see anything happening, right? And, and, then, and then, of course, when we don't see anything happening, then we get this sense that, oh, well, what's wrong with me? I'm bad. I'm God, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not good enough to get his uh, attention and his time at this point. In and that just makes it hard to draw near to God, doesn't it? Even though we know deep in our hearts that's our source, that's the place where we get what we need, it makes it harder when we're feeling bad, when we're suffering uh, physically, when we're suffering emotionally. The very time, isn't it so ironic? The very times that we need Him most can be the most difficult to turn to him and get what we need. So, we find ourselves 
much of the time, finding our comfort, finding our peace in some sort of diversion, some sort of, whether it's TV, scrolling Facebook or whatever, something else to just kind of get our minds off it, self-medicate, you know, for a little bit, right? Yet the Bible, as usual, points us to a better way with better results. And we're going to start to see this morning in James first how to look at the big picture, how to, how to get a good general overview of what's going on, and how to then go to the best source, right, the right source for what we need, and how to set ourselves up, number three, to be in a better place when the next trial comes. Interested? Me too. All right. Let's uh, title the message this morning, From Trial to Triumph. From Trial to Triumph. And welcome, Zoomers. Good to have you with us this morning. A very warm welcome to those watching online. James chapter 1, beginning of verse 2, says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trial of ver trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, first of all, can we deal with the elephant in the room? Count it all joy when you meet trials. I mean, isn't that like the biggest oxymoron that you ever heard in your life? What in the world is James talking about here? I have a kidney stone. It hurts like crazy. Yippee! Right? And the guys in the white coats are coming down the aisle to take me away. Ha ha, he he, ho ho. Right? That's just not realistic. You ever run into a Bible verse like that and go, what are you talking about? Right? It's just not realistic. But I don't think that's what James is talking about with joy uh, this morning. I think it's more a sense like this. I had a friend, uh, we had a friend in Ohio in our church. His name was Earl. And years ago, Earl had lung cancer. And it was bad enough that they had to remove uh, the bad lung. Not fun, okay? Surgery is not fun. Recovering from that kind of surgery is not fun. It's a long and painful process. Uh, but ultimately, that process gave my friend Earl another 40-plus years of quality life, with his family, his church, his community. He very, very involved in the community. Everybody knew Earl. Um, so ultimately, it, there was joy, right, for, for him, for his family, for his church family. There was ultimate joy in the situation. But Earl had to look at the big picture, didn't he? Um, <laughs> That didn't make the cancer great. 
That didn't make the surgery fun. It didn't make it joyful. It didn't make the painful recovery joyful. Um, so what he had to do was to look beyond that stuff with a sense of joy that helped him through the difficulties. And I think that's what James is talking about here. It's not that, that uh, uh, exuberant happiness flash in the pan like when the Amazon truck parks in front of your house. Yeah. Or something even better than that, right? Um, it's, it, it's not that. It's a quiet sense of joy, um, of, of anticipation, of expectation. Uh, kind of like putting up with boot camp for however long, right? Anticipating the time that we're going to graduate. Um, it's, it's like being out on the field, drills after drills after drills after drills. Why? Anticipating winning the game. Okay? Um, it's, it's, it's a deep inner joy that sustains us through the hardships that we're facing, the difficulties that we're going through, because we have our minds focused elsewhere on the end result on the big picture. Are you with me? That's what James is teaching us here. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. He says, for you know, let's stop there, for you know, you know, you and I can put up with a lot if we know the end result's going to be good, can't we? It's, it's the times that we're questioning, you know, that, that makes it more. But if we know that this is going to end in this, we, we can put up with a whole lot. I've seen it in my own life, other people's lives. Whether it's surgery, whether it's a couple of years in an entry-level position, you know, looking for that, that step up, uh, or working through a painful childhood trauma with a counselor for a number of weeks, knowing that, at the end of this, I'm going to get my life back, right? We can go through a lot of stuff with a positive attitude, with that inner joy. Now, James doesn't mention it specifically here as other places in Scripture do. It's, it's, it's more implied in context. But why should we, as Christians, why should we have reason good reason to believe that things are going to work out for us. Right? Why? Because our Heavenly Father, who happens to be the sovereign God of the universe, right, has promised that He will not leave us nor forsake us. Right? Hebrews 13. He has promised that he's going to be up there orchestrating and causing all things to work together ultimately for good for us, Romans 8, right? So, I mean, ultimately, our faith is not in the circumstances. Our faith is in the one who holds the key to our lives. The one who loved us enough die on a cross 
for our sins to reconcile us to him. So how much more can we be assured of his love for us, right? He has promised to be with us. He is on our side, right, in times of difficulty. So that's one part of the knowing, you know. There's things that we know in the midst of trials. He is with us. We have to, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that, right? Yeah. James says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let's unpack that this morning. What is the testing of our faith? I think we really need to understand this concept because if we don't get this, it's, it's the, whole, the whole thing's going to end up falling apart. Um, what are tests? Think about it. What are tests? We all had tests in school, right? What are tests? Um, we all had them, but I don't know if we or the system itself really understood what tests are for. Tests are to reveal what is in the mind. They're supposed to, you know, see what you've learned, right? If you've been able to, to grasp the concepts and, and understand what has been taught. It's, it's just, it's revelatory is what it is, right? Um, tests should be given to ascertain whether a student um, is retaining what has been taught. Not to label them as smart or dumb. Not to label them as good or bad. Right? How many ever thought your teacher was out to get you? See if I see if you two timid hands right going up. Um, or that how many ever thought that getting a C or a D made you less than compared to other people? Right. That's unfortunately how the education system has let some of us down. Over the last several years, fortunately, we've come to understand with things like dyslexia um, that not every kid that fails a test is dumb or lazy. Thankfully, right? The point is this. The test simply determines what's inside the head. Or in James, in our context here, what's inside the heart. What's inside the heart? What do we really believe uh, about who God is to us, who we are to God? What do we really believe about the promises in the Scriptures? You find out when the trial comes. Somebody once said, if you want to know what's inside a cup, bump into it and see what spills out. The trial comes revealing what we really believe. Where are we really at? Um, when there's a kidney stone or a cancer or a layoff, what do we do? How do we handle it? Who or what do we look for for strength and comfort and peace? That all shows where our faith is really at because everybody has faith Sunday morning, right? Or when everything is going well, praise God, top of the world. But in the midst of the trial, 
it kind of strips away all the other stuff. It says, okay, where's my heart really at? And again, this is not to label anyone good or bad, spiritual or unspiritual, right? If that's what we get out of it, we're missing it entirely. Getting an accurate read on things is helpful, really is. Assuming, as James is here, that, that he's talking to people who, who want to grow in their relationship with God, who want to grow in their faith, who want to be strong, in their faith in God, right? So then getting that accurate picture is helpful. Um, seeing where we're really at helps us then to press into God a little stronger, right? I guess I really may not have been where I thought I was. So I need to, I need to do some things. I need to press into God a little more. I need to seek His face. I need to know my Bible better than I thought I did. When I was going through this, I thought back to last fall when I was, I, I, I really think I had COVID, but who knows. Um, they, they labeled my one test positive and then they corrected it to negative. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, I thought about how much time as I was, you know, laying there coughing my brains out, um, I had little to spare as that. Um, just feeling miserable and uh, binge-watching episodes of The Mentalist, okay? Um, sorry. Um, and, and, and there were times in the midst of that, and it's not that I didn't pray at all, it's not that I didn't read my Bible at all, um, but it was probably quicker than normal. Um, it, it's, it's, again, it's hard to be quiet because when you're quiet and and you're you're just you know uh, you're you're also more sensitive to what's going on in your body, right? And it's miserable. And there were times that I know the Lord was whispering to me, "Hey, um, how about spending some more time with me here today? Um, and can I be transparent with you this morning? I really didn't feel like it." I just wanted a diversion. Maybe I'm the only one who's ever felt that way. Um, oh, no, maybe not. Now, does that make me bad? No. Was God mad at me or shaking his head in disgust at me? No. Is he out to get me like, you know, I'm going to give him COVID so I can give him a big fat F, right? and shame him. No, that's not who God is. You know, I've said this before. Um, I don't believe that God's sovereignty always equates to, um, let's call it causation, okay? I don't believe that God causes drunk drivers to veer off their lane and hit a school bus full of children. I don't believe God does that, right? God doesn't give us cancer. Um, things happen in a fallen world uh, that's affected by sin. Okay? This is the world that we live in. It's broken. It's fallen. Things happen. Um, but for us, here's the thing. When, when 
bad things come when God enters into those trials with us. We don't go through them alone. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. We have difficulties. We have problems. There's no sense standing up here and say, if you just have Christ in your heart, everything will be rosy all the time because we all know that that's hogwash, right? Christian life is not a bowl of cherries, um, spiritually, physically, or otherwise, right? We, As a matter of fact, and I think I've said this before, I think sometimes... The, the way that we go through normal stuff um, helps us to relate to the rest of the world or them to us. If we never went through anything, how do you know what I'm going through? right? So we go through the same difficulties, but the difference is we don't go through them alone. We have a connection to Almighty God who gives us Peace, who gives us strength, who gives us comfort, who gives us joy. And sometimes, as you all know, works absolute, wow, I didn't see that coming. That was miraculous, right? Yeah. But even as God enters into those things, as, as David said, to be our rock, our fortress, our strength, our deliverer, right? How did, how did David find that God was his rock when, when he had nothing else to put his feet on? You know what I'm saying? When, when God was his fortress, when God was his protection, how did he find Because all other protection was gone, right? Uncomfortable places when he discovered who God was, right? Yeah. But God can't be any of those things to us if we're not coming to Him, if we are looking elsewhere. Are you with me? Um, if the Holy Spirit is saying, Ron, come talk to me, right? And I'm ignoring Him, especially during the commercials. You know, that's one thing when you're involved in the story and the commercial comes, and the Holy Spirit's going, Ron? Like, yeah, I know, but... Again, I'm probably the only one. <clears throat> But if that's the case, I'm not going to experience what he wants to give me. He wants to be there in the midst of trial. He wants to supernaturally give me peace that's, uh, that passes understanding, that, that's above the circumstances, strength to get through, right? He wants to give me comfort. He wants to remind me of his love. He wants to remind me of the big picture that he's going to be there for me, right? And at the very least, give me an attitude change in the midst of this where I can, you know, where I can make it through day by day. But I'm not going to get it if I'm looking here or here or here or here or here. Now listen, I'm not saying that we can never watch TV <laughs> uh, that when we're going through a hard time. What, what, what I'm saying is, um, again, it's ironic, and I think we need to recognize it, that it's, it's ironic that when we need him most, it can be the most difficult time to get into his presence, to seek him for what we need. We have, um, we have 
grace available to us. God has provision for us. Uh, do, you, do you remember the, the story of um, Abraham and Isaac? There's a movie coming out pretty soon. Um, is his called His Only Son, I believe it was. Um, same people that uh, put out The Chosen. And um, I, I have to put my hand out to Dave here because I know he knows all about that. Um, looks like it's going to... look. Huh? Been out for three weeks? Hmm. We'll have to find out where it's playing. Um, looks like a really, really good movie uh, about Abraham and Isaac. So Abraham is told by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? And, and you say, what, what is going on with all of that? Isaac was the child of promise. Isaac was the miracle. Isaac was the one who, who was given it when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, and they were both well beyond, you know, here they have a child together. And, and this child was not only a blessing of being a child in a situation like that, but what in Isaac was all the promises that God had told Abraham, I'm going to make your, your uh, descendants as the sand on the sea, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And it was all coming through Isaac. And then God says, I want you to sacrifice him. I mean, can you imagine, like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, how Abraham agonized? over that. And if you follow this, the, the story in the scripture, um, Abraham prepares for the sacrifice, puts Isaac up there like, like, like they would sacrifice an animal, raises the knife, and God says, okay, now I know what's in your heart. Um, there's a ram caught over in the thicket over there. Um, sacrifice him instead. God never intended him to go through with all of that, but um, Abraham uh, showed uh, what his metal, if you will, um, in all of that, that he was willing to obey God. Uh, scripture says, you know, he, even justifying in his heart, well, God's going to have to raise him up. You know, he's, he's, he's a God of miracles. Um, I got so caught up in the story, where was I going with the point with that? Oh, yes. Um, in that, you, you, they, the scripture says, and Abraham called that place, the, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. Okay? You, you probably heard that phrase. Well, in that word provide um, is the word to see in the Hebrew. So in other words, God saw beforehand what was going to happen and had already made provision for Abraham in that situation. And I believe that's a, that's a lesson to all of us. God knows um, when the job loss is going to come. God knows when the uh, uh, diagnosis of cancer comes. God knows when trouble is going to hit our lives. And he has provision already determined in his heart to release to us in our time of need. So, um, we, we, we need to get to him <laughs> to get that grace. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that when we're going through a tough time that we have to spend, you know, 24-7 on our knees or in our Bibles. 
Uh, I mean, going out and working in the garden or something like that can be, you know, really therapeutic, right? But what I am saying is that even though it can be hard, we need to make the choice. This is hard, but I know where my help comes from, and I'm going to press in to God. Whether I see any movement or not, I'm going to wait upon him. I'm going to call upon him. And I am going to trust him for the end result. So that, um, we again, we may not feel like it at the time, but then we, we, we come away from prayer, uh, e even, if, even if it's a prayer that we already know, right? We, we come off of that prayer saying, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I know I'm going to get through this. Right? So we're coming out of prayer with the attitude, all right. Rather, you know, if we sit and, and, and watch, you know, whatever, scroll through faith, we're not going to get that that God wants to give us, right? The, the, the best we get is a temporary diversion from the problem. We don't get anything in here to help us. So we go to prayer. And we come away saying, God is bigger than this thing. God is for me, right? We open up the scriptures, maybe, maybe even something that we're familiar with, Psalm 23, right? And, and while we're working there in the garden, we're saying, the Lord, I, I know things look bad, you know, whatever this is, I know it's a tough situation, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Green pastures are coming. Still waters are coming because He is my God. Amen? Faith arises in our hearts. Faith that we're not going to get when we're here or here or here or here. Faith that comes from spending time in His presence. Spending time in His Word. And I'm, I am right there with everybody else saying, it's hard when you're not feeling good. It's hard. But I'm encouraging you this morning, like I was encouraged by the Lord when I'm laying there and that, that hot knife is going in and out of my back with this kidney stone. And I'm going, God, this is hard. You know, I this is hard. It's hard to pray. I don't. God says, keep in it, keep in it, keep in it, keep in it. And He has, you know, in all of this, I'm just okay, Lord. This is going a lot longer than the ER doctor told me that thought it was going to go, and I'm not sure what's going on here, but I am sure of this. You are with me, that you are for me, that this is going to happen when it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I even get some sermon material out of it. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing, right? We know who our source is. And like the woman that Luke talks about, with the constant bleeding over the years. Press through the crowd. You press through all the other things and touch the hem of his garment. 
there we will find what we need. Because he is a good God with arms full of grace just waiting to be brought in from our end into the situation to show how faithful he is. Amen? And we're going to see next week what happens over time as we make those choices. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being there for us. Lord, some of us might right now might be going through difficulties, struggles, trials, physical, mental, emotional, relational. Lord, you know what we're facing. God, remind us that we're not alone. Remind us that we have a Father in heaven who is listening, who does care, and who has grace for us. However long or short the trial goes, you are there. Help us to draw near, Lord. See your faithfulness experienced in our lives so that we also can turn around, as, as Paul says uh, in Corinthians, that we can turn around and comfort those with the comfort we've received from God. Thank you for your goodness to us, for your love.